The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. This is our debut show. We're so excited. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a 20-year, three-time breast cancer survivor. Hi, and I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 22-year survivor, and we are the co-founders of Breast Friends. We have a great program lined up for you today. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about what happens when a woman is diagnosed with cancer, and where did her friends go, and why is it so hard for us to reach out for help? You bet. Um, so, but before we do that, Sharon, I think what I'd like to do is tell a little bit about Breast Friends, kind Absolutely. of why, why we that. started, because I think a lot of a lot of people don't know anything about us yet. So let's go ahead and share that. Um, first off, we were, we've been around since two thousand. We started fifteen years ago, and um, the reason we started the organization is because we were trying to figure out what was missing in the world of breast cancer. And Sharon was the first one in our circle to be diagnosed with breast cancer. She was 40. We were all 40. And none of us really had a clue at that point what to do. And so when she was diagnosed, I said what so many people said, and that is, you know, Sharon, I'm so sorry. If there's anything I can do, let me know. And I said, okay. (laughs) With her little Susie Sunshine smile. (laughs) And, you know, the thing is, I believed her. The problem was is she didn't tell me when she needed something. And I made the mistake of believing that, that, well, maybe she hasn't called because her husband's home during the day. You know, she's got her kids and her husband. Maybe they were taking very good care of her. And so I didn't call her or reach back to her because I didn't know what to do. She wasn't asking for help. And I made the mistake of believing that, that she would reach out because she said she would. The problem was I didn't figure any of this out until three years later mm-hmm. when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And now Sharon, I've got her in my court because now she's been through this. She knew exactly what I needed, and she made such a great effort to take care of, of me and what, what I needed. And Sharon, why don't you share just a few of the ideas that, that you kind of came up with to make my life a little better? Absolutely. The thing is, when you are going through this, and, and sure, your, your husband may be at work, and your kids are at school, and you have an awful lot of alone time. And that's what I f- figured out very quickly that <laughs> that I went into this really scary place. And so I knew Becky would not do well under those circumstances. <laughs> <You figured>. um, <laughs> and so um, and the funny thing was, too, we were actually we'd both gone back to college and we were right in the middle of an algebra class, oh. if you can imagine. <laughs> I uh, forgot when, about that. Don't yeah. Remind me. <laughs> when we were diagnosed or when she was diagnosed. And so. 
Um, one of the things that, that we did was she would stay home and deal with her cancer, the chemo and all that stuff. And I went to class, learned the stuff, came over and we did homework together. And as long as she could take the final, our professor was amazing that way. So, so just again, regular visits. That and was you huge. brought me those milkshakes on those Oh, and those, too. yeah. You know, yeah. so just a little something, you know, it doesn't like have to cost a lot of money or, you know, be a big burden. It just is just a small, simple act many times that makes a difference. Um, we worked in a big office together. And so I just kept people, um, aware of what was going on with mm -hmm. Becky's permission, of course. Yeah. Um, I went ahead and emailed um, her address, phone number, her email. So people then could stay in touch. And I did that on a regular basis and gave them kind of an update. So mm -hmm. it didn't feel quite so scary for them. Right. And that way she got a lot more of attention. And, um, and oh, I love that attention. <laughs> well, we, you know, in, in, in reality, most of us do. Yeah. But um, when you could go out to your mailbox, I remember you talking about going oh, out to your mailbox. and blessing. Yeah, being, being cards there and, and just not feeling like... Like the world was going on without you. Right. I know right. that's how I felt. And yeah. I hated that feeling. Yeah, it's it's it can be very devastating and very lonely time. And you know, one of the things that we that we talk about a lot is what happens during that alone time. And I, I remember one time when I was first going through it, um, I was looking at my closet one day and I was looking at all my double digit size clothing that I have in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, man, if, if I don't survive this, is my husband going to get remarried? And I'll tell you, by the end of the day, Sharon, I had it figured out. Not only would he remarry, I figured out what she'd look like. I figured out she'd be a size two. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Size two. <laughs> That's like one of the digits. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was so mad. By the end of the day, I had it all figured out. I, I pictured my kids calling her mom. I pictured her trying to fix them dinner. And when he came home from work, he was in so much trouble. <laughs> he had no idea what hit him. So, so we don't like that alone time. There's, we kind of call that the time when, when, uh, you know, demons come to visit or something. So yeah. it, it's a really tough thing. And we don't want to have our friends feel alone like that. So basically when we kind of had this aha moment, I had another scare and Sharon had gone with me up to the hospital to, um, have another biopsy to just kind of see that scare turned out to be nothing. But at lunch, we were having this conversation about what does it all mean? You know, Sharon and I both have this very strong belief system that that things really do kind of happen for a reason. And we both felt that there was something bigger that we were supposed to be doing with our lives. You know, we worked together selling yellow page advertising. Oh, My boy. Gosh. In the old days, yeah, right? we got out of there just in time, huh? <laughs> But anyway, we, we decided that we wanted to do something bigger, and we just, we just really um, put our heads together and thought, what is missing in the world of breast cancer? And what we decided was missing was teaching the friends and family how to support their loved ones through the journey. So we kind of came up with this idea that day at lunch and um, kind of figured out what it would look like. And we, we ended up meeting together um, for every week for a year but actually before we before we go there it was kind of cute because again we had n no experience neither one of us had a clue what we were supposed to be doing how to how do you run a nonprofit? but we ended up coming up with this idea Sharon went, went back to her office and registered the URL for a website we would have one day and I registered the name with the state of Oregon and then we called each other and said now, now what, what? <laughs> 
yeah. we had no idea. So, so we ended up meeting every week for a year. And I, I want to stress that every week for a year, that's a minimum of 52 times that we met over the next year to put together our plan, to create the materials, mm-hmm. to develop the processes of what breast friends would look like. And so we finally were having our coming out party. We were at a Komen event. We had our booth, and Sharon's at one end, and I'm at the other end of the booth. And so, Sharon, you got to tell them what Vern said. Oh, it was, it was very um, enlightening, we'll put it. Um, so my fiancé at the time, we've been married now for 13 years, um, back then he was sitting on a cooler, we were really high tech, you know, uh, this booth. And Becky was on one side of the table. I was on the other. And he was folding our brochures that are hot <laughs> off our home computers, right? And uh, anyway, he's listening the whole entire day of us talking to people as they walk by. Hey, have you heard about Breast Friends? Of course, we knew everybody hadn't. But we chatted with uh, everybody as they came by. And he said to us, after that whole entire day, he said, do you realize you two are actually telling two different messages? And we're like, what? (laughs) How can that possibly be? We have been working on this. For 52 weeks. (laughs) We had been working so hard to get, you know, everything ready for, you know, launching this thing. Long story short is because I was the patient um, that didn't really feel supported because, I can't, again, I didn't ask for help or didn't take the opportunity to uh, receive help. Um, I was concerned that not another patient would feel the way I did. And then Becky felt yeah, because... I was, the, I was on the other side of yeah. that. I was the kind of the lousy friend, and I really... I knew I could have done a better job for her, but I didn't know it at the time. And so... Um, my perspective on it was to educate the masses, teach right. the friends and the family how to support someone who's going through a tough time, whether it's cancer or something else, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. We all face tough things, you know, we all survive something and we need to be there to support each other because that level of support is so essential. And so I wanted to teach the masses on mm-hmm. how to provide that level and of support. I wanted to teach one-on-one, one-on-one you know for the patient <laughs> so the funny thing is breast friends is all of that yeah. and so we do we do a lot of um, public speaking we do a lot of things out in the community but we uh, really the core of breast friends is that one-on-one and making each woman feel special and providing her the hope and inspiration that she needs to keep going, to get through her treatments, and to get on the other side and, and then live her best life. You bet. And so basically, we over the last 15 years, we've developed many programs. And you're going to be hearing about some of the different um, things that we, that we teach people over the next um, several weeks as we you know, go through our program. And so you're going to be hearing a lot about, about some of those things. So um, in the meantime, though, we are going to be sharing some other ideas with you today. Um, we want to talk about some of the things that people say. Yeah. What you they know? say or they, you know, put their foot in it. And, I mean, they don't you know, mean to. They don't mean to. I mean, yeah. we, we all want to help somebody, I'm sure, if you have somebody close to you um, and you, you want to reach out and help. Mm-hmm. But, again, sometimes we find that our friends and family don't know what to say. Yeah. They either say something, you know, 
hurtful or stupid or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, did they really say that? I mean, how many times I know, and I've caught myself even doing this, you know, somebody will say something and, and, um, Oh yeah, my my aunt died of it, right? It's kind of conversation, you know. We we just want to relate to the other person. So somebody will say something like that and you're like, "Oh, no, that's just that just doesn't work." Um also just being able to not minimize what that patient is going through. I think right. is such an important right. um learning because if you say something like, oh, I know how you feel. No, you don't. Unless you've been there right. and actually walked in her shoes, you don't. And and as much as that might sound okay from the perspective of the new patient, it, it isn't because you don't really know what's going on. You know, we're going to come back after a short break and we're going to talk some more about some of these things. We do want to encourage people to call because some of you've probably had experiences where either you weren't supported and it was your greatest challenge and you'd like to share that with us. Or if you had great support, share with us some of the wonderful things that people did to support you that you could pass on to our listeners. Our number to call in is 866-472-5792. Again, 866-472-5792, and that'll get you into our call lineup, and we'll be happy to take your calls. So we are going to take a short break. We'd love to have you go get some coffee. Um, Better yet, well, if it were me, I'd go get a mimosa, but, you know, (laughs) I'm not on chemo anymore, so don't be doing that. Um, And then come right back for some, some more on this very, very important subject, and again, Get ready to give us a call. So thanks. We'll talk with you soon. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. Today we're talking about the importance of support and how much we really do need each other. And at the same time, wondering where did our friends go when we're, when we're going through a cancer diagnosis? And we have a caller on the line. We have Yvonne Yay. from Oregon. Yay! Hi, Yvonne! Hi, ladies. Oh, my gosh. It's been so wonderful listening to you this morning. I just can't tell you what a blessing you are. Thank you. Thank you. So what was your question, or did you have a comment? Well, I kind of wanted to call in and share an experience I had being a a stage 3 breast cancer survivor for the last five years. Yay. Yay, Um, you got past your five years. It's amazing. When you hear the word five-year survivor, it just uh, just seems really magical. And uh, I count my blessings every day, but... Um, one of the things I experienced that um, was really surprising is I'm a really, really positive person, and I, I'm usually the one that's the biggest cheerleader in the room, and I'm the one who's always kind of, you know, cheering everybody else on when they have problems. And when I went through my cancer diagnosis, um, everyone around me was was wonderful, but they kept saying, "Oh my gosh, you know, you're so positive. You're so, you're such an encouragement. You're such an amazing woman." You're going to do just great. And, you know, that was, that was wonderful to hear, but I really wasn't that wonderful. And, you know, I, I wasn't that great. And <laughs> I was feel that a really hard time. <laughs> and I never felt like I could let my guard down with my, my friends because I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to scare them. I didn't want them to worry. And, you know, it became almost like I was the caretaker of them instead of so them true. taking care of me. So, you know, it, it's it's an amazing turnaround on the journey, but that was something that I really struggled with. And you know what, Yvonne, I'm sure that so many of our listeners feel exactly the same way. That's, that is an interesting thing because I kind of had the same thing and, and we find ourselves saying, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I'm doing yeah, good. It's going to be good. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and unfortunately that is kind of our, pers- our, our outward persona. But when we have those quiet, dark moments, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know. We don't know we're going to make it to our five-year. We don't know that we're going to get past all of this craziness. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's funny how it's kind of almost our responsibility to take care of everybody else. Right. And it, it, it's, this is the one time in your life that you really want to be able to allow other people to step up and, and take care of us. But again, when you're used to doing it, it's hard to get out of that role, isn't it? Well, I have to say, um, I found Breast Friends late in my journey, and you ladies have made such a difference in my life and my my path with cancer. And now I, I look back on my experience, and I know that the things I learned, you know, working with Breast Friends and, and working with you two girls... I'm going to help share that experience with them as well. And, and hopefully, 
you know, be able to be a part of the Breast Friends family for a long time. So bless you both for what you're doing and, and awesome radio show, ladies. You're just <laughs> Yay, thank you. Thank you. Well, we appreciate your support, Yvonne. Thanks so much yeah. for calling. Thank you. Yeah. You know, she you brought bet. up a, a good point. Bye-bye. Uh, bye, honey. Bye, Yvonne. She brought up a really good point, you know, about, as she was saying, you know, people expect you to kind of make them comfortable and make make your journey easier for them. Yeah. And happens with mothers all the time. They yeah. have to constantly let the children know, let the husband know that I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be okay. And you're right. We don't always know what the outcome is going to be. And to have to feel like we need to be in that place is tough. Mm-hmm. And that, that's part of why rest friends exist. This is what's so good about support groups. You mm-hmm. know, you need to have a place where you can reach out and, and get that, that support and friendship you know, from the other other side, so that you know people from people who know what you're going through that yeah that get aren't it. yeah they get it they're not expecting you to make them feel better about your journey mm-hmm. and you know so it's really important to be able to reach out and so Yvonne we thank you for raising that question on the air and for those of you who don't know um, Yvonne is one of our lovely board members and she's just an amazing woman um, really appreciate her being on the call and supporting us this morning so. Looks like we might have another caller too. We have Linda from Oregon. Linda, are you there? I am. How are you? Yay. We're good. We're doing good, honey. How are you? I'm great. I just um, have to say how very, very important what you're doing is to women who are being diagnosed with cancer. Because when I was diagnosed five years ago, I didn't have any family around me, I didn't have anybody that I knew who had been diagnosed. And so I was pretty much feeling really alone. My husband had a deer-in-the-headlights look about him because he didn't know what to do for me. We know that look. As as I was slipping out and behaving very erratically because I didn't know how to deal with all of this. And I just can't stress enough the importance of support, the support that you provide women, because it literally saved my life and it probably saved my marriage as well, because he just couldn't do enough for me. He didn't know what to do for me. I didn't have, like I say, any family or friends that I was aware of. And when I found you, I was in such a dark place and not knowing where to turn. And it just completely turned my life from being in a really dark place to being hopeful and positive and excited about my future. Oh, that's great. You do amazing, wonderful things for women, and you did it for me, and I'll love you forever. Oh, Um, bless your heart. Well, thank you so much. And and the support is so vital. And for anyone who is afraid to reach out, please don't. Don't be afraid. Reach out to these women. They will make the difference between getting through this just on your own and getting through it with friends and family. I mean, you guys are my family. I love you. Um, I don't know what I would have done without you. So, Thanks, thank you. Linda. You yeah. know, and a really easy way to reach out is to visit our website, which is breastfriends.org. Um, we do have offices in Oregon, and we also have offices in Pennsylvania, in Stroudsburg, and we have one in Florida. So, you know, you can reach out um, nationally. We have an 800 number. You can get a lot of resources and, and information on our website mm-hmm. directly. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of different ways to reach out to Breast Friends. And, but call. We're, we're excited to talk to people on the phone, too. So, 
So I'm going to mention something that, that Linda brought up because, again, her husband had no clue. Most of our husbands have no clue how to really help us. And, and so often we, we have given out what we call our honeydew list, um, <laughs> tips for the husbands and partners. Um, and we have a wonderful brochure we call uh, uh, Tips to Show You Care. And there's one section for family and friends and then one for the partners and husbands. And the part I love about that is, again, guys tend to like the honeydew list. You know, they like a list. They like to be able to say, okay, I can do this. Check, check, check. And and one of the things that was on um, the the list that Becky provided, or, or at least he, he at least took on himself, yeah, right? Why don't you yeah. tell that story, Becky? Oh, it's so great. When I One time when I was getting ready to start my chemo, it was my first day. I hadn't even gone yet. And I looked at, in the bathroom. My husband was in there scrubbing the toilets and he'd actually made his way to all three of them in the house and I thought what are I have never seen him scrub the toilets like that before I mean he did a great job I said what are you doing and he reminded me that I was having chemo and he says you might be hugging these later and I don't want them to be nasty (laughs) I mean talk about any brownie points that he you know he built up a whole bunch of them right about then but but yeah he just he cleaned the toilets because he knew that that would be something that he could do and and since there were so many boys in my house, he needed to do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. And just like you were saying earlier, how you had created this like vision in your head that you were going to die mm-hmm. and he was going to move on without you and, yeah. and you know, yeah. create another life and everything. And, you know, unfortunately, that does happen mm-hmm. sometimes. But at the same time, I think we all, um, when we're in a relationship and we're feeling as ugly and as unlovable as possible, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, some of us have lost our hair because of chemo and we feel awful because of the drugs that we're taking or the surgery we've just had and we've we've changed the landscape, as we say, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, the girls are no longer there or they're not in the same shape they were before. And so just that constant, you know, I love you. You look fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and again, I know not that fine. I hate not fine. fine. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Honey, don't you ever say you look fine? Yeah, it's fine. We all know what that means. <laughs> not a good word, but but you know what I mean. It, it's making sure that you feel loved, not yeah. minimizing what mm-hmm. you have gone through and the fact that you've lost your hair or yep. your, you know, whatever, not feeling well, but. But just that that general like keeping mm-hmm. in contact, like like texting, texting you know, now the day, yeah. exactly, yeah, just getting a text, just thinking your, about you, getting that text. I'm, I'm sorry, I think the silver lining to this is when my husband saw what I was getting from breast friends, it helped us together, and it became he became more aware of what he can do. That's good. good. That's good. wonderful. And now here. now he is as big a supporter of breast friends as I am. And That's so true. <laughs> uh, it, it is a part of his life, and it's, and it's a part of, of what he wants to do um, in making me feel beautiful and loved and making sure that everyone else, you know, is aware as well. I mean, he, he carries, you know, he, he tells everybody about breast friends and me and my experience because he wants yeah. to spread the word about what it is that you do. So Thank that was you. a, a wonderful you. silver lining for us. Thank yeah, you. well, and and again, because uh, uh, something like a cancer diagnosis can be so challenging on a relationship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can pull you apart or it can bring you closer together. Yeah. And so luckily, um, in your case, Linda, yeah, you guys have been closer than ever, which is wonderful. Yeah. 
So yeah, lots of great ideas on that on that sheet. So Linda, thank you so much for calling in. Is there? Can you remember any any alone times where what were some of your greatest challenges of actually being alone? Can you remember any of those? Well, one in particular where I really felt alone, uh, especially I just completely broke down, was when my plastic surgeon said, "You're done. You're on your oh. way. Oh. Yep. Your life," yep. because he was off to new patients. And yeah. I remember being uh, laying in bed with my husband, just sobbing. At, Who's going to watch over me now? Who's yeah. taking care of me? Who cares about what happens yeah. to me now? Because your doctors take care of you physically. Right. They do everything they can. But then the emotional part is left up to you. And you yeah. still have all of this baggage that you just don't know what mm-hmm. to do with. And, and that's me and said everything will be fine, which was lovely to hear. But... You know, he didn't know what I was going through. You know, it, and that it's was an a interesting really lonely time. That is when yeah. I finally decided I can't do this by myself. I can't. I tried. You know, like Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? It was. <laughs> so, you know, it's a really so interesting phenomenon. I realized, you know, you... And so my um, oncology nurse navigator had suggested breast breast to me on many occasions. And I finally called her back and I said, okay, so what's the name of that place? And what's the number, and that's when I reached out to you, and it was like a light switch going on. Suddenly there was hope and laughter and a positive feeling, and it's when everything turned around. So that was a really, really lonely time, dark time for me. I I find that that... I find that the um, that survivorship piece of it, um, that's the kind of the term that that, uh, I think the doctors have... um, coined um when when you've been released for for your regular medical care is probably as scary a time as even the initial diagnosis uh and and getting started with treatment because again like you said you you feel like oh now what you know and i've had women just say what am I supposed to do? Wait around for the cancer to come back? Uh, you know, so it is a very scary time. And so if you exactly. haven't reached out for support, um, whether it's to breast friends or um, even a friend who's a survivor or anything, this is the time that you really want to have that kind of emotional support because we can make ourselves a little crazy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many... Um, where, like in my case, I was immediately thrown into menopause. And so you're dealing with all the emotional upheaval of menopause besides all of the um, grieving that you really do need to do when you've gone through um, a cancer diagnosis and treatment and then you're trying to move on with your life. Our lives don't always fit as well as they did before. You know, I think that's an important uh, point that you bring up, Sharon, grieving. Because what, what people don't really realize is that uh, when a woman loses her breast, in my particular case, I had a double mastectomy, um, you don't really give it much thought. But then when they're gone and you look at yourself in the mirror, um, it is a pretty scary time. And you really need somebody to sit next to you and say, you know what, you're going to be just fine and this is why. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that's, that's when things really become real. You yeah, take off those bandages, do. and you look at yourself for the first time, and you're going, holy cow, you right. know, what, what is this about? And so mm-hmm. um, that, boy, boy, what <laughs> all the things we go through. You know, it is. So. It's amazing. And again, with women, um, because we're just, we're kind of the heart of the family, we're just trying to keep, 
you know, everything afloat. Uh, we pretty much put our own grieving on the back burner because we're just trying to keep it all together. And again, like Yvonne was saying, you know, we're, we're making sure everybody else feels comfortable mm-hmm. with our cancer, right? Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, everybody's gone. And again, once you're done with your treatment or your your doctors have dismissed you, sometimes our family and friends kind of dismiss, dismiss us as well because it's like, woohoo, you're done. Yeah. I, I'm moving right. back to my life, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and just kind of expect well, that you guys, everything you guys is going to return Well, you guys do incredible, phenomenal work, and I would encourage any woman who's going through any kind of a struggle in this particular area um, to give a call and turn everything around for the positive if you're in that really really dark place. I, I can't stress it enough. Um, it was life-changing for me. So thank you so much. Thank you, Linda, for calling. Thank you. You bet. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's just chat a little bit more about what she was talking about, too. Again, that grieving piece of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important to be able to understand. Um, and again, most of the time, we don't take the time to grieve when it's happening. Right. And so that does yeah. happen later. We're so busy just trying to get through the little checklist. I've got, mm-hmm. you know, 12 chemos. I've got this and that. And you just kind of check them off. And you're just right. kind of anxious to get all that done. 35 and, radiation treatment, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so you finally get it done. And then you've got this, finally, you have this opportunity to reflect on what you've just been through. And you realize sometimes for the first time how, how difficult this journey really was. Yeah, you know, and and how it's changed your life. And, you know, one of the things that Sharon has developed, and we're going to talk about this in one of our future um, radio programs, but Sharon is actually a certified life coach. You became a life coach in what, 2009? Yeah, eight. 2008. Okay. um, And then we we developed um, a program called Thriving Beyond Cancer. And Sharon actually created all the materials for it. And she facilitates it beautifully. And um, it's something that I think every cancer patient should at least experience once in her life. But it kind of gives you the opportunity to think about all those um, changes, the changes in your life. You know, you you kind of come back to your life and people say, great, you're done. What's for dinner? And you say, I don't know. What are you fixing? You know, I mean, I I don't feel like fixing dinner right now. Um, we're different. You know, we, we have a different feeling about things. Share For Sharon and I specifically, we decided we didn't want to really sell Yellow Page advertising anymore. We wanted to start something new, and we ended up starting Breast Friends 15 years ago, and, and here we still are, and it, and it's, yep. it works for both of us. So you want to, people, sometimes they want to just let go of it and never think about it again, and that's okay, too. We all cope with things differently. Right. You know, and one Some people the, never want to see a pink ribbon again. <laughs> ever again, and that's fine too. You know, there's no there's no right or wrong answer. It is very custom for everybody. And one of the things that we do at Breast Friends is we provide that customized support for people because it looks different for everybody. Sure does. You know, what what needs to happen. You know, one of the things that we did one time with a gal, and I, I just I have to share the story because I think it's incredibly tender and sweet. We had a beautiful young woman named Heather who um, she was like in her 20s when she was first diagnosed mm-hmm. with breast cancer. And she finally, they finally got it under control. And so she and her husband adopted two little twin daughters, beautiful little girls. And then Heather's cancer came back, and it came back with a vengeance. And one of the things that Heather wanted to do with her 
life, whatever amount of time she had left, was to create these beautiful quilts for her daughters. And she bought the fabric, and she started down that process, but realized very quickly that she wasn't going to be able to complete that task. And so she ended up um, reaching out to Breast Friends, and we found a quilter for her who took all that fabric and ended up making quilts for her daughters and had enough to make one for her husband. And then shortly thereafter, Heather passed away, and we lost a very beautiful woman. But what was on her mind when she was going through it? She wanted to leave something beautiful for her daughters. We, our life changes with cancer, whether we, however long we have to survive through this, it changes and changes the way we feel about things. It changes what's what's important. What's important? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really because unfortunately, um, you know that that job that is a paycheck may not may not really yeah. fill your heart, may it's fill kind of not. what happened to me. Exactly. You know, for sure. Exactly. So we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. We are going to take another break here. Um, so again, go get your coffee. Uh, get your phone out. Call us at 1-866-472-5792. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear more stories. I think, you know, I think people relate to stories more so than just giving off a bunch of facts. So be that inspiration to somebody today. If you've always wanted to be able to share your your story and inspire somebody, now's your opportunity. So again, 866-472-5792. And we are going to take another break right now. So we'll be back shortly. to a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ouch! What do you think of when you think of dental procedures? Well, when you think about it, the teeth and the rest of the body are strongly connected. What happens in one part affects the other. In the Tooth Body Connection with host Dr. Don Ewing, we'll explain more about these concepts as well as discuss the role that your teeth play in your overall health. You'll learn about amalgams and how removing them the wrong way can be toxic to your body. Tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. 
To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. Today we're talking about the importance of support when you go through a cancer diagnosis. Yep. So, Becky, you were talking about um, uh, the – what were you talking about? We were, I lost we were my talking train about of thought. How, <laughs> how once you go through something like this, how it really changes your perspective yes, on yes. life in general. And, you know, when I went through cancer the first time, which was back in 1996 – I'd been working 14 to 16-hour days every day. You remember those days. You've oh, all the yeah. dead, deadlines at Yellow Pages. It's a commission sales job. You know, you do what you have to do, right? So I was working those crazy hours. And then after my cancer diagnosis, I made some decisions around that, that if I stayed in that job, I would only work 8 to 10 hours a day. And I actually did that for quite a long time. But slowly and surely, it took about another eight years for my second diagnosis. But I feel like... Like, I almost got it right, you know? I kind of pictured God sitting up in his throne, and, you know, she almost got it right the first time, and so not quite, because I was getting sucked back in. So I had another opportunity to experience cancer again and to get it right. And my, um, my, my son, when I said to my son, you know, the good news is if I have breast cancer, at least I can take more time off from work. And he <laughs> said, he was 19, okay? Yeah. He was 11 the first time, right? Right. He says to me, he goes, well... That's a little telling, don't you think? And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, you'd rather have breast cancer than go to work? It's like, whoa, what was I thinking? But it's true, I would. And, you know, I was so tired of my job. I didn't want to keep doing that. I wanted to make a difference. And so for for anybody who goes through something tough, we all handle it differently. For some of us, we want to turn it into our life's work, which is what we did. And for other people, they never want to think about it or talk about it again. So for me, I wanted to make it my life's work. And that's what Sharon and I are are doing now. And it actually looks like we have a caller on the line. We have Nancy from Portland. So Nancy, welcome. Hi, ladies. Hi. So what do you have to say, darling? I just want to know, as a single person, and it's really hard to reach out, what... What would you suggest? You're all by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're scared, spitless, of what the future looks like. Yeah, yeah. And when you're diagnosed, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're just, what? Me? Yeah. yeah. What do I do? I'm single. No guy's right. going to want to look at me, you know, right. or no right. person's going to want to help me. Sure, how sure. Do you, how do you reach out? Well, Nancy, that's a great question. You know, the thing is about um, uh, support groups, they are designed so it doesn't matter if you have a partner, doesn't matter if you have a huge circle of friends, family might be, you know, in another state. It, it doesn't matter. You know, you can, you can be there and enjoy um, uh, the camaraderie, the friendship, the hugs of a support group. And again, hopefully, um, 
Uh, yeah, I know in Portland, there's quite a few different kinds of support groups, whether they're through the medical facilities or, of course, Breast Friends has some support groups there. But, you know, those it, it, those are the times where you really need to take advantage of that. And again, you might meet somebody that will become one of your bosom buddies, as they say, right? <laughs> you know, they they will become a good friend because, again, they understand what you're going through. And I know it's hard to ask for help, but sometimes we have to feel vulnerable and and ask for help. Um, You know, you might need a ride to the hospital to have a surgery or something. So you may have to tap into your neighbors or your your friends that maybe aren't stepping up because, again, they don't know what you need. So what to say. Or what to say, exactly. And so it is awkward at times. But it, I think it's important for, for us to kind of embrace the fact that it is our responsibility mm-hmm. to kind of figure out what, what we need and how we can ask for that appropriate support. So thanks for calling, Nancy. We really appreciate it. Can, we also have I a call. This thing? I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, um, as you well know, I, did, I do things the opposite direction of everything. I do things sort of the other way around. <laughs> so the sister to breast cancer is ovarian and, and um, bone cancer. They're sort right. of sisters, right. if you want to call it that. Right. And so my diagnosis came of breast cancer came nine years after I'd gone through ovarian. Exactly. And it was really, really difficult yeah. to swallow it- that. I've got cancer again. I know. You know. I know. We always we always said that um, nothing's worse than getting uh, cancer, except for getting it a second time. But you know, mm-hmm. even that, even as scary as another cancer diagnosis can be at times, um, I think because we feel like we beat it the first time, uh, we kind of, the fear of the unknown. Yeah, it's often the fear of the unknown. Exactly. And so that's Mm -hmm. kind of off the table. We have at least a better clue on maybe what we'll have to go Mm -hmm. through. That's how I felt for the whole eight years in between. I kept saying to Sharon every time I'd go in for another exam, boy, I hope it's not that because that would be the worst thing I could ever hear. And then I heard it and it's like, you know... It wasn't as bad it's as I so thought. Bad after all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's scary. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. it's still yeah. it's still awful. You still had to go through the treatments and all of that. But Nancy touched on learned. something, and, and I want I want to grab this before before she gets off the call. Nancy, you you touched on dating. You said who was going to want me? And Sharon, you were forty when you went through yeah. this. You and were, I was divorced. You were divorced. Mm-hmm. You were you didn't have a boyfriend mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you had to deal with all of. That whole scenario with dating, and so right, right. How did, how did that go? For you know you? what was funny about that, honestly, Becky, is um, I remember when I, you know, I, I divorced after my cancer, and so I had to kind of go through that mm, whole process. Yeah. And I remember when I was ready to make that um, commitment to say, okay, I'm going to get out there and date again. I literally would introduce myself and it was practically one <laughs> sentence, you know, oh, Hi, I'm I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm a breast cancer. I mean, it was practically one sentence. It was kind of comical, but well, you never have to worry about when to tell them. Exactly. You know, you get it right up front. Um, and, and if they're and, still interested, you got a good one, it, right? Well, or, or at least he's, he's, 
potential, right? (laughs) Because if that's going to be a problem, you want to know right up front. Yeah, before you invest a lot of emotional time. Exactly. Yeah, so I, that was that was kind of one of my tricks. Yeah. But you know, it that may not work for everybody. But I know that was, to me, it felt better for me that right. way I could be honest right up front. And if they wanted to know what that actually meant, I could actually explain it to them. And, mm-hmm. um, and again, you didn't have to talk about the weather and all, you know, <laughs> you talk about what was really important right, to you. Right. So right yeah. from the t- start, you know, we only have a few minutes left and we have Kelly from California calling in and we'd love to get Kelly on the line too. So, um, Nancy, thanks for calling in. We really appreciate it. So God Kelly, you, guys. you do a wonderful job. Thank thanks, you, honey. Nancy. So Kelly, are you yeah. with us? Hello. We... Yes, I am. Hello. Oh, Can yay. Hi, okay? Kelly. So how are you doing today? And what's can you can you hear us okay? Sounds like you're in your car. I am in my car. I okay. I just wanted to call in and uh, congratulate you ladies on such a wonderful debut of this show and what an awesome topic that you're covering. Uh, oh, I don't think that there's enough enough support for ladies with cancer out there. Yeah, Thank it's you. Am- it's amazing yeah. how important that is too. It's sad. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I live in Southern California, and I I know of a of an organization that you know um, supports women with cancer as well, and I've I've actually done uh, some workshops and things for them, and I wanted to um, just kind of chime in about you know like like Nancy said, you know, it's like you're alone and you don't know where to turn, and it's just so important to. Have some resources that you can call upon that you can reach out to and get that support. And I love what you guys, you know, said about just even even going to a support group. You might meet one person who could be your bosom buddy through the entire process, and that alone would help um, save you and and help you with you know with you as you go through your treatment. You bet. And you know, sometimes that help, Kelly, doesn't always even have to be about cancer, right? I mean, it, it can be other kinds of help. You know, one of one of my bosom buddies, I guess, is a, a wonderful friend named Patty. Every Friday morning, Patty would call me, and we'd get out our newspapers and decide which movie we, we wanted to go see. And we'd go find some chick flick that we couldn't drag our husbands to, and we'd go see a movie, <laughs> you know. And, and she always left it up to me if I wanted to talk about cancer. It wasn't about cancer. It was mm-hmm. about bonding and spending time together yeah. and finding something that you have in common. And Patty and I both loved movies, and so that's what we did. Yeah. And if I wanted to talk about cancer and how I was feeling, fine. It was up to me. But sometimes it's just that being around a supportive person. Does, does, that, does that resonate? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's so important to normalize the experience because it doesn't, it doesn't identify who you are. It's just something that has happened. So integrate it with your day-to-day life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Be able to talk about, just talk about your cancer, but let's go to a movie and let's go to lunch or let's just yeah. sit and, and have a cup of tea and talk about anything else. Anything um, else. Yeah, I remember I, I remember just wanting to believe that the world wasn't going on without me, you know, so I was more curious in their world than I was in mine because mine was really kind of dark and yeah, icky. Not a good place to hang Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. So just being, like you said, normalizing. I love that term. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's really, really good well, advice you know, there, Kelly. I, 
Yeah, and it's just it's just very important to have a you know have a friend that you can just call upon to just say hey just, what did you think about this television show last night I know that with my daughter we would we would talk about you know the program so you think you can dance and and who got on and who got booted off and it just kind of gave me those moments where I wasn't consumed in my illness right yeah. right right well that's it sounds like you've got some background in all this. So I was a bit, but not in cancer. Yeah. yeah. Mine was heart disease. And uh, so I don't want to, I don't want to get on the bandwagon of promoting women's health and heart issues. This is your show. And I just wanted to call in and just congratulate you ladies for, oh, for stepping out and doing this. It was, it's a wonderful program. Thank and you thank so you. much. Anything we appreciate that, Kelly. If Hopefully we'll hear from you again. Promote it, I will. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank yeah. you so much. And we're really, really coming down to the wire here. Um, we do have a, a wonderful brochure that, that is available on our website. It's called Tips to Show You Care. If you go to breastfriends.org, you can download a copy of it. I believe if you just type it in the search box, it comes up, right, Sharon? I believe so. I okay. believe so, And there yeah. are a lot of great ideas. Why don't you read a couple more just to, yeah. to go out on this? Um, again, sometimes just... Um, uh, Having arranging for childcare if mm-hmm. if it's a young mom, right? Yeah. Um, just so she can take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, yeah. right? You know, yeah. just getting the rest because unfortunately, when you're when you're going through whether it's surgery or any of the other kinds of treatments, um, your your energy level is really really mm-hmm. compromised, and it takes a lot of rest, and mm-hmm. sometimes. You know, we're trying to juggle jobs and kids and this and that. So if we just have a couple of hours to do whatever we want to do. Exactly. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Or, um, you know, just uh, maybe there's, you know, a lot of times you'll get gifts, little things uh, from people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know. We yeah. like to send thank yous. Well, that's a big job. Oh, I just thought of something. I just thought of something. Yeah. So my cousin, my cousin Candace, she called me one day and she said, Becky, are you going to be home? And she, I wasn't going anywhere because I didn't feel like going anywhere. I said, yeah, I'll be home. I said, but my house is messy. You have to just not let it bother you. She goes, I'm not coming to see your house. I'm coming to see you. Yes. But what she figured out in that is that I needed my house clean. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't asking her to clean my house. We Although, would never do that, well, right? <laughs> if I was that smart, I might. <laughs> but anyway, she shows up at my house an hour later. She's got this bucket of cleaning supplies, some CDs, because she can't clean a house without CDs. And she says, okay, I'm here to clean your house. You can either take a nap or you can sit and visit, but it's up to you. And I'm thinking, well, I can sleep when I'm dead, so I think I'll just sit and visit. <laughs> and I'll tell you, having her energy around me was yeah. so com- contagious. But if she would have called me and said, I want to come do something. Can I come clean your house or something? I would have said, you know, I really, I, I'm fine. Thank you. That's so sweet. But she didn't do that. She just asked if she could come over, and then she took care of what needed to be done exactly. when she got there. And that's what we mean by proactive care. If you wait for permission, you might not get it for that particular thing. But if you know the person well enough, she knew me. She knew yeah. that she could do that. So, so I could have come in your house and like did up your dishes. Exactly. You know, or, or done my laundry. Throw throw <laughs> throw a load of laundry in, or yeah. you know, those kind of things. Again, it depends on your relationship with the person. Obviously. Yeah. Um, as to you know how how you want to present this, mm-hmm. but again, it's I think the things alone. to remember mm-hmm. is yeah, we need company. If you don't have to talk about the cancer, mm-hmm. because I know that's uncomfortable for a lot of us mm-hmm. anyway, and so being able to 
just be there and maybe watch a funny movie at home if you don't feel like going out, you know, um, or bring a movie, bring some popcorn, you know, and and watch it at the house. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason you're friends to begin with is you have usually something in common. Yeah. So whatever that is that brought you um, together originally is probably going to be there. Exactly. And so trying to make sure that um, you're able to just keep that that intimate. Yep. So we are coming to the close. So we'd like to invite you all. Well, first off, thank you for listening. Absolutely. And we want, we'd like to invite you to tune in next week because we're going to talk about the importance of humor. Humor. And how humor plays such an important role. So until then, we want to remind you that there is hope and we are here to help you find it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.